What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, this is Jason Greenblatt with a special edition of the Diplomat Podcast brought to you by Newsweek. Today, I will once again discuss the protests in Iran. These protests are so important. In its third week, the Iranian people's bid for freedom has found a voice in the song Baroye. Dubbed the anthem of the Iranian revolution, Baroya's words encapsulate a nation's longing for freedom and a people's desperate cries against a regime which has been as brutal as it has been unforgiving. The song Baroya is a moving tribute, a testimony to the horrors Iranians have had to endure over decades under a harsh, unforgiving regime which claims itself the political manifestation of Islam, a faith the regime has defiled. Baraya is a ballad to Iran's lost decades, a plight for freedom and liberty. Here are some of the words. For the unstoppable tears, for students and their future, for this forced heaven, for the imprisoned elite students, for the Afghan kids, for all of these meaningless slogans, for the sun after these long nights, for freedom. Its author, Shervin Hajipur, today sits in Iran's most infamous prison, Evan Prison. His last words to his family was that the regime's brutal enforcers had broken his legs. And though Iranian officials promised that he would be released on bail, Tehran chose instead to make an example out of him. It is because his song, Baroye, echoes a truth which has now exploded onto screens all across the world that the regime will show no mercy. One is not allowed the freedom of thought in Iran. Some news reports suggest that Shervin has been released. Sadly, according to my sources, that is not the case. Shervin Hajipur is accused of collaboration with foreign powers against the Islamic Republic and faces the death penalty. What's left to say about a regime which has so eagerly rejected the sanctity of human life and for which mere words constitute a crime punishable by death? To me, Arroyo seems central to the ongoing protest movement, this budding revolution. The song transcribes the reality of Iranians' hopes and hopelessness with bleak accuracy. Today, its words have become inescapable. For four decades, Iran has lived under bloated skies, its very air polluted by the excesses of a regime which has squandered a nation's riches and resources so that its supporters could be rewarded while others have suffered in abject poverty. 
There are no crimes the regime has not committed, no lines it hasn't crossed to assert its dominion. Faced with impossible odds, Iranians are simply refusing to give up. And in the lead are women fighting for a different future, a better future. Women have suffered deeply from the assaults of the regime. They are forced to abide by the regime's rigid morality code, robbed of all choices, including how they dress. One of the decrees so many of them are fighting about is the requirement to wear the hijab, a headscarf, which is strictly mandated by the regime. Failure to comply has resulted in brutal beatings and, in the case of Masa Amini, death. If young Masa is the face of a movement today, she is but one among many to have died by the hands of Iran's security apparatus. It is most certainly because the regime has directed its ire toward women that thousands today have chosen to rebel and in doing so risk their lives. Freedom, it is often said, has a cost. But how many Iranians will have to pay the ultimate price before they are granted freedom for themselves? The images of defiant schoolgirls no older than 15 are haunting. Their courage remarkable as they take down the symbols of the regime from the walls of their classrooms and replace them with the words, Women, Life, Freedom. Thousands have taken to the streets of their cities and villages. Far too many have paid with their lives. Over a thousand intellectuals, celebrities, and influencers have been imprisoned for lending their fame and social media platforms to Iran's freedom movement. As millions across the globe have rallied in support of Iranians' bid for regime change, we must ask ourselves, what role will we choose to play beyond our mere statements of solidarity and grand condemnations of violence. Revolutions are seldom won on courage alone. There are logistics to such noble endeavors that cannot be escaped. For now, it seems unlikely that Western capitals will enter the fray. Past experiences have proven too costly. But we must consider what failure to intervene will lead to. We have a lot of soul-searching to do to see if and how we can help, how our governments might help, what can be done. The people of Iran deserve no less. Think about what happens if the regime finally falls. If we've learned anything from the past, we should know that regimes do fall, and when they do, they do not do so quietly. Regime change is a messy business. If the regime falls, ask yourselves what happens to its security apparatus and its ideology. What will happen to those who represented the regime and those who were at the heart of the regime? those who murdered and oppressed and humiliated Iranians for decades. What will happen when they escape or attempt to make a home abroad under more auspicious skies? Their ideology will survive on different shores. What will happen when these evil people reinvent themselves and export their radical views to other countries? Iran's regime carries an ideology which is not tethered to nationalism, its ambitions are to rule over first the Islamic world and second, the world as a whole. The place from which it operates matters little. Iran was a convenient vehicle for Ayatollah Khomeini's vision, but never its endgame. The Islamic Republic is, at its essence, geared towards ideological imperialism. It cannot and will not be limited to its borders. Its tenets demand more land and more communities to its rule until there are no more to conquer. 
The Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, is designated as a terrorist organization by the United States and others. It employs a force of 10,000 men that it dispatches to our capitals to protect and sustain Iran's programs of indoctrination. This force is sustained and supplemented by countless agencies, each dedicated to the propagation of Iran's Islamic revolutionary model. Whether or not we care to admit it, Iranians are fighting not only for their freedom, but our own. When you think about these important questions, as you struggle with these important questions, as you watch what's happening in Iran now, and you should, listen to the song Baroya. It's available on Spotify and I'm sure other places as well. When you listen to the song, think about why you should care and what you might do to help. Think about the 80 million Iranians who stand in the regime's line of fire and who in many ways are helping to prevent the fire of this evil, murderous, brutal regime from further spreading to the shores of other nations, including your own. I'm Jason Greenblatt. This is The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek.